This is FID-965. Yes, that's FED-965. And uh, welcome to Baby Blue Viper. First and foremost, happy Martin Luther King Day. It is Monday, January 16th, 2023. And I uh, say again, happy Martin Luther King Day. And the uh, price of uh, Bitcoin is currently $21,145 USD. And the block height is 772285. And of course, one Bitcoin is equal to one Bitcoin. That's just the way it is. And I am now taking off the elastic strap off my book and I'm using the ribbon to flip to the page where uh, if I squint I can see through the crossing that um, we have or had 806 days left if you'd like to hear the crossing off please refer to the uh, uh, the, the previous podcast though bear in mind that it is in Spanish um, and so, before we go to the news, and before we resume our discussion of demons, um, I believe we are on part seven today. Um, before all that, I would like to paint you a picture. I am currently wearing a uh, forest green t-shirt, uh, dark blue jeans, gray socks with... Um, blue uh, I would say navy blue um, uh, you know colors on the heels and on the toes as well as some green uh, and black figures as well as some orange and yellow highlights and um, you know without giving you a you know uh, an in-depth uh, overview of the day I will just you know uh, you know pick out a, a few highlights you know, uh, uh, just, uh, you know, highlights or, or key points, whatever you want to say, however you want to call them. You know, I did, you know, get some exercise in. Nothing too intense, though it was just right. Um, I also just, uh, you know, got back from taking out the dog, um, German Shepherd. Um, well, that's actually as... If you may recall, it, I'm not going to get into all the details today right now of if he is a DDR or possibly a East, uh, an Eastern European Shepherd, which is a sub-variant of the German Shepherd. Uh, and I'm making some calls, as you know, um, back to the States. I'm currently in uh, España uh, with the German Shepherd, yes. And uh, our German Shepherd is... Uh, well, let's just go for now. That we're just gonna call him a German Shepherd for now, even though we are still, you know, looking at the lineage and the pedigree as to make sure exactly, um, you know, uh, if he is. Well, let's just let's just uh, go with German Shepherd, black and tan, though at the same time leaning toward a uh, black and silver, um, male, uh, two and a half years old, uh, intact. Um, and you know, uh, you know, we went for a nice walk, um, this evening. I won't go through all the details of, 
what I was wearing, though I was wearing a black coat as well as a black cap um, with, that would be a baseball cap, um, you know, that style. With the uh, yellow and black logo as well as a, a baby blue uh, and white logo as well as a uh, yellow uh, brim on the black hat. Um, and uh, what did we see? We saw a lot of things, uh, some good, some bad, some beautiful, some ugly. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so I don't want to, um, you know, uh, take up, uh, too much more of our time here before we, you know, get to, uh, you know, get to the news and then before we get to, you know, our discussion, um, because we don't want to, you know, I also have to hit the hay here, so want to make sure, you know, still have some, um, you know, some energy here. Um, so let's just, uh, from Al Jazeera, Ukraine's uh, Denny Pro reels as Russia, Belarus hold military drills. From BBC News, Italy's most wanted mafia boss, Matteo Messina, Denaro arrested in Sicily. From CBS News, Nepal plane crash, passenger video appears to show harrowing final moments of doomed flight. From CNN, UK government blocks Scotland's new gender recognition law. From um, BBC News, Andrew Tate luxury cars seized and properties raided. BBC News from Reuters, Davos uh, 2023, big oil incites of climate activists protests. And of course, it goes on and on as it always does until the day cometh. Uh, when it will no longer go on, and I think that is just a you know a nice segue into what we have to talk uh, you know today about. Um, so um, let's just um, let's just you know set some background here, and by background I just mean background for tonight's discussion. Um, though it is background for reality as well. So we're looking at existence here. Wikipedia is helping us. And we're looking at early modern philosophy. The early modern treatment of the subject derives from uh, Antoine Arnold and Pierre Nicole's logic or the art of thinking, better known as the Port Royal logic, first published in 1662. Arnold thought that a proposition or judgment consists of taking two different ideas and either putting them together or rejecting them. After conceiving things by our ideas, we compare these ideas and finding that some belong together and others do not, we unite or separate them. This is called affirming or denying and in general, judging. This judgment is also called a proposition and it is easy to see that it must have two terms. One term of which one affirms or denies something is called the subject. The other term which is affirmed or denied is called the attribute or Predicatum, that was from Anton Arnold, The Art of Thinking, Port Royal Logic, 1662, translated by J. Verrucker in 1996, Logic uh, 2 3, page 82. And you see, um, this really, you know, sets us up for what, uh, you know, we have to, you know, to think about today. And if you remember, we left off uh, with the Asura. Uh, the Asuras are a class of beings in Indic religions. They are described as power-seeking clans related to the more uh, benevolent devas, also known as suras in Hinduism, and as a Buddhist context, where sometimes translated as titan, demigod, or anti-god. Okay. Okay. 
Um, so let's just, uh, you know, really, really, you know, take a look here at, at the etymology. Uh, Monty and Williams traces the etymology. The etymological roots of Asura, which means life of the spiritual world, departed spirits. In the oldest verses of the Samhita layer of Vedic text, the Asuras are any spiritual divine beings, including those with good or bad intentions, in constructive or destructive inclinations or nature. In later verses of the Samhita layers of Vedic text, Monir Williams states that Asuras are evil spirits, demons, and opponents of the gods. The 5th century Buddhist philosopher Buddhayusa explains that their name derives from the myth of their defeat at the hands of the god Sakura. According to the story, the Asura were dispossessed of their state in, uh, excuse me, dispossessed of their state in Triestrema because they became drunk and were thrown down Mount Sumuro. After this incident, they vow never to drink Sura again. In some Buddhist literature, they are sometimes referred to as Pudadeva, meaning ancient gods. Asuras connotate the chaos creating evil. In Indo Iranian, uh, collectively Aryan mythology about the battle between good and evil, Finnish uh, Indologist Asura Prabhupada traces another possible etymological root of Asura to Asura of Uralic languages, where it means Lord Prince. In Hindu literature, Rig Veda, Bhagava states the word Asura, including its variants, Asuriya and Asura, occurs 88 times in the Rig Veda, 71 times in the singular number, 4 times in the dual, 10 times in the plural, and 3 times as the first member of a compound. In this, the feminine form Asuya is included twice. The word Asuya has been used 19 times as an abstract noun, while the abstract form Asudev occurs 24 times, 22 times in one hymn and twice each in two other hymns. Bhagava gives account of the word used for every Vedic deity. Asura is used as an adjective meaning powerful or mighty. In the Rig Veda, two generous kings as well as some priests have been described as Asuras. One hymn requests a son who is an Asura. In nine hymns, Indra is described as Asura. He is said to possess Asura five times and once he is said to possess Asutvita, Agni has total of 12 Asura descriptions. Varana has 10, Mitra has 8, and Rudra has 6. Book 1 of the Rig Veda describes Savita, Vedic solar deity, as an Asura who is a kind leader. May he, gold-handed Asura, kind, kind leader, come hither to us with his help and favor. Driving off Araksayas and Yadutis, he, the god, is present, praised in hymns at evening. Translated by Ralph Griffith. The golden-handed Lord of good guidance, of good grace, of good help, let him drive in our direction, repelling demons and sorcerers. The God has taken his place, facing evening while being hymned. Translated by Stephanie W. Uh, Jameson and Joel B. Uh, Burton. Riddick Veda 13510. Okay, in the in the Sama Veda, in the Jaminiya 335.3, one of three recensions of the Sama Veda, the term Asura is stated to be derived from rests. In the vital airs, uh, for example, Asura Ram, Asura Masura. This is in reference to the mind being Asura-like from the Mahabharata. According to the Bhagavad Gita 16.6-16.7, all beings in the universe have both the divine qualities, Deva Sampad, and the demonic qualities, Asura Sampad, within each. The 16th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita states that pure godlike saints are rare and pure demon-like evil are rare among human beings, and the bulk of humanity is multi-charactered with a few or many faults. According to Janine Fowler, 
The Gita states that desires, aversions, greed, needs, emotions in various forms or facets of ordinary lives. And it is only when they turn to lust, hate, cravings, uh, arrogance, conceit, anger, harshness, hypocrisy, cruelty, and such negativity and destruction inclined that natural human inclinations metamorphosize into something demonic. Asura, from the Pramanda Purana. In the Pramanda Purana, it is stated that the term Asura was used for the Dayatras due to the rejection of Varuni, goddess of wine, after she emerged from the ocean of milk. For example, Asura, meaning those who do not have Sura, that is wine, or more generally liquor. However, in other legends, the Asuras accept Varuni. See Kurma. Vishnu Purana. According to the Vishnu Purana, during the Sumandrana Malfana, or the churning of the ocean, the Daitas came to be known as Asuras because they rejected Varuni, the goddess of Sura 1, while the Devas accepted her and came to be known as Suras. From Shiva Purana. Alain Denu states that Asuras were initially good, virtuous, and powerful in Indian mythology. However, their nature gradually changed and they came to represent evil, vice, and abuse of power. In Shiva Purana, they evolved into anti-gods and had to be destroyed because they threatened the gods. The Asuras, anti-gods, were depicted to have become proud, vain, to have stopped performing sacrifices, to violate sacred laws, not visit holy places, not cleanse themselves from sin, to be envious of devas, torturers of living beings, creating confusion in everything and challenging the devas. Alain Danilu states that the concept of suras evolved with changing socio-political dynamics in ancient India. Asuras gradually assimilated the demons, spirits, and ghosts worshipped by the enemies of Vedic people, and this created the myths of the, of the malevolent Asuras and the Rakshashas. The allusions to the disastrous wars between the Asuras and Asuras found in the Puranas and the epics may be the conflict faced by people and migrants into uh, ancient India. Okay? So, you know, we're really getting into it here. Uh, we really are. And so let's just you know, look at the context that we're dealing with here. You know, scholars have disagreed on the nature and evolution of the Asura concept. In ancient India, or excuse me, in ancient Indian literature, the most widely studied scholarly views on the Asura concept are those of F.B.J. Cooper, W. Norman Brown, Haug, Von Braddock, Otto, uh, Bebenist, Kainal, Rejiwi, Dendekar, Damanester, Bachander, and Raja, Banish Satri, Padambidi, Skud, S.C. Roy, Kumanaswami, uh, Shamaistri, uh, uh, Pryluski, uh, Schroeder, uh, Burroughs, Hillebrandt, uh, Tarapurella, Lomo, Falosbu, uh, Seregishta, Tim, Jerevishti, uh, uh, Boyce, McDonnell, Herman Oldenburg, uh, Gildner, uh, Ben Kinshivarad, and Jan uh, Gunda. Kuiper calls Asuras a special group of gods in one of major Vedic theories of creation of the universe. Their role changes only during and after the earth, sky, and living beings have been created. The sky world becomes that of Devas, the underworld becomes that of Asuras. The god Indra is the embodiment of good and represents the devas, while the dragon Vitra is the embodiment of evil and an asura. During this battle between good and evil, creation and destruction, some powerful asuras side with the good and are called devas. Other powerful asuras side with the evil and thereafter called asuras. This is the first major dualism to emerge in the nature of everything in the universe. Uh, according uh, to Hale, 1999, in his review, states that, that Cooper theory on Asura is plausible, 
but weak because the Vedas never call Vitra, the central character, on Asura, as the texts describe many other powerful beings. Secondly, Greek Veda never classifies Asura as a group of gods, states Hale. And this is a presumption of, uh, of Kuiper. Many scholars describe, describe Asuras to be lords with different specialized knowledge, magical powers, and special abilities, which only later choose to deploy these for good constructive reasons or for evil destructive reasons. The former became known as Asura in the sense of Davis, the latter, uh, the latter as Asura in the sense of, uh, of demons. Kuiper, Brown, Otto, and others are in this school. However, none of them provide an explanation in how, when, and why Asura came ultimately to mean demon. Asuras are non-believers of God and believe in their own powers. Ananda Kumaswamy suggested that Devas and Asuras can be best understood as being similar in concept to the Twelve Olympians and the Titans of Greek mythology. Both are powerful, but have different orientations and inclinations. The Devas representing the powers of light and the Asuras representing the powers of darkness in Hindu mythology. According to uh, Kumaswamy, the Titan Asura is potentially an angel, Deva. The angel still by nature a Titan in Hinduism. Okay, um, and then we can get into the Indo- uh, um, uh, Aryan context. In the 19th century, Haug uh, pioneered the idea that the term Asura is in, linguistically related to the Ahuras of Indo-Aryan uh, people in a pre-Zoastrianism uh, era. In both religions, Ahura of pre-Zoastrianism, uh, Asura of Indian religions, uh, Bohuana, Varuna, and Deva, Deva are found with their roles are on opposite sides. That is, Ahura represent, uh, evolves to represent the good in pre-Zoastrianism, uh, while Asura evolves to represent the bad in Vedic religion, while Deva uh, evolves to represent the bad in pre-Zoastrianism, while Deva evolves to represent the good in Vedic religion. This contrasting roles have led some scholars to deduce that there may have been wars in proto-Indo-European communities and their gods and demons evolved to reflect uh, their differences. This idea was thoroughly uh, researched and reviewed by Peter von uh, Bradke in 1885. The relationship between Ahuras, Asuras, and Devas, Davis in Indo-Aryan uh, times was discussed at length by F.B.J. Cooper. This theory and other Avesta-related hypotheses developed over the 20th century are all now questioned, particularly for lack of archaeological evidence. Asko Parpola has reopened this debate by presenting archaeological and linguistic evidence, but notes that the links may go earlier to uh, Uralic uh, languages' roots. Okay, and then there's uh, you know relation to Germanic deities. Some scholars, such as uh, Aesko Parpol, suggest that the word Asura may be related to Proto-Uralic uh, and Proto-Germanic history. The uh, Asura-Asura correspondence is the relation between Vedic, Sanskrit, Asura, and Old Norse Asurian Proto-Uralic Asura, all of which mean Lord, Powerful Spirit, God, 
Parpola states that the correspondence extends between Asura, Asura, and extends to a host of parallels such as Inmar, Indra, Sampa, Zastamba, and many other elements of respective mythologies. Okay, so I think we're, you know, start to get a, you know, a good idea of, you know, the Asuras here. Um, I think that we're really, you know, starting to get a feel for them. Um, and this is really, you know, the same thing that we were, you know, talking about. Hey, remember, you know, uh, what we we're looking at here in terms of existence. Remember, the, the two terms are joined by the verb is or is not. If the predicate is denied of the subject. And thus, every proposition has three components, the two terms and the cupola that connects or separates them. Even when the proposition has only two words, the three terms are still there. For example, God loves humanity really means God is a lover of humanity. God exists means God is a thing. And uh, this theory of judgment dominated logic for centuries, but it has some obvious difficulties. It only considers proposition of the form all A or B, a form logicians call universal. It does not allow proposition of the form some A or B, a form logicians call existential. If neither A nor B includes the idea of existence, then some A or B simply adjoins A to B. Conversely, if A or B do include the idea of existence in the way that triangle contains the idea three angles equal two right angles, then A exists is automatically true, and we have an ontological proof of A's existence. Indeed, Arnold's contemporary Descartes famously argued so regarding the concept of God, Discourse 4, Meditation 5. Arnold's theory was current until the middle of the 19th century. Okay, and let's just uh, you know wrap this part up here with, uh, you know, David Hume argued that the claim that a thing exists when added to our notion of a thing does not add anything to the concept, for example, if we form a complete notion of Moses and super add to that notion the claim that Moses existed, we are not adding anything to the notion of Moses. And Kant also argued that existence is not a real predicate, but gave no explanation of how this is possible. Indeed, his famous discussion of the subject is merely a restatement of Arnold's doctrine that in the proposition God is omnipotent, the verb is signifies the joining or separating of two concepts such as God and omnipotence. The proposition A exists, which is A plus existence, would be necessarily false because if A exists, then it is actually A plus existence, uh, which exists. And A plus existence is, we assume, different from A. According to Kant, existence cannot be an essential property of anything, including God. It is an accidental property of the subject. And of course, Schopenhauer claimed that Everything that exists for knowledge and hence the, the whole of this world only object in relation to the subject, uh, the, uh, the perception, the perceiver, in a word, uh, representation. Uh, let's just do that one, one more again. That one's, uh, uh, that one's a tough one. So Schopenhauer claimed that everything that exists for knowledge and hence the whole of this world only object in relation to the subject, the perception of the perceiver, in a word, representation, okay, um, yeah, so according to him, there can be no object without subject because everything objective is already conditioned as such in manifold ways by the knowing subject with the forms of its knowing and presupposes these forms, obviously. Um, so, you know, I think that's a good place to stop today. Um, it is Monday and we all need to, you know, get our rest here, so... 
really hope that you know your monday is going well so that your week can go well if not uh you know just try again tomorrow and um you know uh just uh you know get better um and we're all working on this so we'll all do it together we'll all just get better together um and of course this really is an ongoing process and it's going to go for a while uh, until it doesn't, um, but we'll get to that at some other point, even though we are actually getting it to, uh, getting to it right now, aren't we? Answer is yes. Um, so with that, um, I will see you soon.